athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. for joining me on another edition of the program just last week we were talking about demar hamlin and we had really just talked about of course that's the buffalo Bills safety who had to be given cardiac arrest everybody's heard about this story uh, by now but had to be given cardiac arrest a couple or uh, excuse me cpr because he was in cardiac arrest a couple of weeks ago and he was really fighting for his life in critical condition is at home now at home now with his family and that was just a week ago that we were talking about him still making some progress but still being in critical condition shows you the power of prayer thank god because this was a it, it was a really really serious situation one that uh we we haven't i don't know if we've ever seen i know i i don't you know, we, but one that you rarely see, I would put it like that, that you rarely see where you have to come on the field and give um, a player, uh, particularly in football, cardiac arrest from a hit that seemingly, I mean, we've seen many hits much worse. So, so grateful. DeMar Hamlin is at home as we're on the cusp of the NFL playoffs, which as a matter of fact, kickoff, this weekend, we got a great show for you. Gonna uh, run the guest down for you today here on the program. Gonna start here. I don't know if I saw that Georgia was gonna defeat TCU 65 to seven. Like, if I'm honest, I would maybe say, oh, maybe you know, could could be an upset. I mean, you you, you know, you want to pull. I mean, you listen. I'm a I'm the kind of person that I so I pull for the underdog. Mostly now, I don't. I didn't really care one way or the other who won the national championship. I mean, I think in this in this business that we're in, in the media and you know sports talk and that kind of thing. I mean, we, you don't really. I mean, I'm not. I, you know, listen. You, my teams are the Washington Football Team, the Wizards, right? You know, I'm more of a pro guy, right? So you know, I, you know, of course, Maryland. I love to see that Maryland has done very well. Mike Loxley. Oh, man, it's been great to see Maryland. So that, that was the team of my childhood. We had Mike Loxley on the program beginning of uh, the football season. So good to see Maryland have the season that it had and winning the bowl game there in Charlotte against North Carolina State. But, I, you know, so I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I'm always for the underdogs, however. And, I mean, Georgia was having none of it. And I talked last week about, I think, thinking TCU – deserve to be there with the victory over Michigan. Um, and I still think 
that TCU definitely deserved to be there. I know Ohio State deserved to be there uh, because of uh, Ohio State probably should have beaten Georgia, and, and, uh, and Georgia, I think, learned a lesson from the game against Ohio State and then say we're not having any of this, not even going to give TCU an opportunity, although – you know, I mean, you know, what was it? Ten nothing, then ten to seven. So you know, TCU was was there at least momentarily, and then the Horn Frogs got the just the doors blown off of them. But I look at that that Georgia team, and there's an old saying: it's not about the X's and O's; it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Well, yes and no, right? Like, I mean, Georgia's got a got a lot of really really great players, no doubt about it. But I think what Kirby Smart is doing there uh, at Georgia because, listen, you look at all of these number one recruiting classes. Let's look at Texas A&M. Oh, they had the number one recruiting class. What kind of uh, season did Texas A&M have? And, by the way, and, and listen, on our program, Box to Row, we rank recruiting class rank every year ever since, um, I think it started like 2006. Ever since 2006, would rank the top 10 HBCU Division I recruiting classes. So a lot of times, you know, and when I rank the classes, I, I don't look at the star. I, I look at the stars, don't get me wrong, but it's not like the stars are the end-all, be-all. Uh, and I, I think that's the way a lot of these recruiting classes are ranked because if you have, you know, this player who's in the top 300 of ESPN or this player has five stars by their name and it's more, seems like it's more of a, of a, of a situation where you look at the stars and you rank the team. I look at it a little bit differently. I use the stars, no doubt, but I look at some other things because I think you have to look at things as they will be in the future based upon what's there, what the needs of the team are. In other words, you may have, you know, you may have a three, four star kid that you recruited or four five star kid. But if you've got a player that's already in that position, that's really, really good. I mean, he probably wouldn't come to your program. Let's just say it was a, you know, a three or four star kid that you projected. And, and, and that's the other thing, just because he's projected at three or four stars, doesn't mean he can't be a next level kid. We see that all the time. We see it all the time. I mean, in HBCU football at the smaller levels, I mean, I tell people all the time, HBCUs have been recruiting five-star kids since the first HBCU football game was played on December 27th, 1892. We just didn't call them five-star players. So look, I look at it a little bit differently, and that's what I'm saying about Georgia. Like, they got the Jimmys and the Joes, but Kirby Smart and his staff doing a phenomenal job, and I think the Jimmys and the Joes correlate with the X's and the O's. So I just say that to say that that saying isn't true all the time. And I think it holds true uh, right here when you're talking about Georgia, who has an opportunity to three-peat, okay? An opportunity to three-peat. And I was listening um, to a program a little bit earlier in the week where it was stated, and I don't have Georgia's schedule in front of me, but it was stated that Georgia may not have as strong a schedule this upcoming year. And, I, and of course, that's just based upon, you know, maybe preseason projections, who's coming back, all of those kinds 
of things, who they're going to play based upon what those teams did last year. I mean, if you look at look at it like that, then you can kind of project out. And, of course, we'll have to see once the season uh, plays out. But no doubt Georgia's going to get a lot of the favorite uh, – I don't want to say favoritism, but they're going to get a lot of the benefit of the doubt maybe for a lesser schedule that an Alabama has gotten over the last couple of years that a Clemson had gotten – uh, and, and even more recently, before Clemson lost to Notre Dame, I mean, Clemson was was uh, was was a top four team in the country before losing to uh, to Notre Dame. And I think I think part of that luster of Clemson is going to start to wear off. Not only because um, it's just wearing off now for Clemson, and and you know people are trying to say, well, is you know who's the best coach? Is it? Is it, you know, I still think it's Nick Saban, but now, you know, now, now has that sort of changed? But I think really Georgia's replaced Clemson, I would say. I mean, you know, Clemson hasn't done as well in the last couple of years, and the ACC is not the best conference for football. So, you know, I would say, I would say Georgia's the new Clemson. Alabama's still going to be right there, still going to get some of that benefit of the doubt. And of course, we'll see how things play out as we uh, move into uh, the 12 team playoff uh here so listen it, it you look at Kirby Smart what he's able to do it's a big time win for Georgia listen got a lot to get to today on the program as I mentioned the National Football League and the playoffs kick off on Saturday I'm really looking forward to this I really want to you know on this program I love to talk National Football League always have and so you, you've got some intriguing matchups. You've had the regular season end. I mean, it ended for Green Bay, not like Green Bay would have thought, right? And listen, I, I thought Detroit was going to beat Green Bay anyway. I just would have loved to see the Rams defeat Seattle so that Detroit could have gotten in the playoff. What a story that would have been. Brad Holmes, of course, is the general manager of the Lions, he is an HBCU grad. He's a North Carolina A&T graduate. But you've got, you know, you speak of the Seahawks. I mean, I, if there's one team that I would say, and, and when you get in the playoffs, that's all you want is an opportunity. When you get into the playoffs, it's an opportunity. Anything can happen. But I would say the one team that I would say does not have much of an opportunity of all the matchups this weekend are the Seattle Seahawks. I, I don't I don't see anywhere where I could say this game could go either way, okay? Or I would give San Francisco the slight advantage. Nah. The 49ers way favorite to me in this game. I probably I probably would say the other game um where it 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 could go wrong the Dolphins for the it could go wrong for the Dolphins up against the Bills. I mean, I think that is a game that could go the wrong way. No uh, Tua Tonga Valoa, that's going to be big, and no Teddy Bridgewater either. You know, the Bills are still on that emotional high, big win last week. Um, so th- I think that could go wrong definitely for the Dolphins as well. So we'll talk some more National Football League today here on the program. We've got a big show for you today here. On Box to Road, joining us a little bit later on in the program. He was introduced as the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T on Monday. He joins us today on Box to Row, Vincent Brown. 
Vincent Brown, former All-Pro in the National Football League. Again, new coach at ANT joins us on the program. Up next, we're going to be joined by Fred Watson, head men's basketball coach at Miles, who last week picked up his 400th career victory. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. Box2Row.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. On the Game of the Week feature to interviews, to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, Box2Row.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box2Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches' bowls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box2Row.com, your HBCU sports leader. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donna Ware. Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T, going to join us here in the next segment. Let's keep things moving here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his fifth overall season as the head men's basketball coach at Miles. And he got his 400th victory on last Saturday in the Miles victory over Lane. 400 victories. If you remember last week, we had Brian Poor, the head men's basketball coach at West Virginia State, who the previous uh, week had also gotten his 400th victory as 
well. And you look at uh, you look at this Golden Bears team on a roll. He has coached the Golden Bears to two C, uh, SIAC tournament championships and five while he was the head coach at Benedict. He is Fred Watson. He joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Watson, Happy New Year. Congratulations and welcome back to the program. Hey, Happy New Year. Uh, thanks for having me. And you know, man, it was it was it was really good. I don't think we had ever met before in person um, until uh, at the HBCU All Star Game in New Orleans. Uh, had got a chance to know you a little bit better, man, and uh, and really saw your work ethic, man. How 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 special was that for you to be part of that HBCU All Star experience? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, anytime you're part of something that's the first annual or inaugural. Uh, you 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 etched in in history, and so you know just another history making moment for me. And I was I was grateful to be part of it. And the most important thing, you had to earn your way there. So it wasn't just a given. You know, you had to you had to. It, it was based on your season. And um, so by winning the coach of the year that season, winning the uh, ter- uh, regular season, I was selected. So it was an earned award, but it was so special because it was the first annual. Can I take you back, and, and, and if I need to refresh your memory, because you know when you get of a certain age, and I'm of a certain age, you know, you, things, you may not remember things as well, but you'll probably remember this date, November 23rd, 2002. You, you remember that date, correct? November 3rd, 2002. No, November 23rd, 2002. Uh uh, okay. Nah, I mean, that, what's that, significant that, behind it? That's okay. That could probably be my first. That could have been my first game I have coached. Yes, it in was 2002. It was your first victory, right? When you were at Benedict. So okay. t- take me back to that coach. What, what th- that day, that coach. What was that coach like? What was that day like? And do, what do you remember about that first victory as the head coach? Your first collegiate victory there at the time as the head coach at Benedict? Um, yeah, I don't remember much, but I, I could imagine uh, excitement, elation, um, gratefulness to have them, to been having that opportunity to be coaching on that level. Um, me as a coach back then was very raw. I was just coaching through my knowledge and you know the skills that I learned as a player as opposed to what I knew as a coach um, and how to prepare a team. Um, so I was just fortunate to have the opportunity um, and the opportunity that, were, that allowed me to grow into who I actually be, um, eventually became. But, you know, I could imagine it would have been a lot of elation trying to get that first win because we probably didn't. That's probably with our fourth or fifth game um, before we got one in there. So it was probably elation. <laughs> so it took you, took you a little time, but that's okay. Listen, seven. It me, yeah, it took me a little time. Right, and that's okay because seven SIAC tournament championships later and 399 victories later, it, 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 it hey, the bottom line is you got that first one and it allowed you to get the one uh, that you got, of course, uh, last Saturday against Lane. So let, let, let's talk. Let me ask you this before we even talk about personnel and how the season is going. I had a chance to catch up with Cleo Hill Jr., the head coach, um, of course, at Winston-Salem State, who had coached at Shaw uh, for so many years. For you, and I asked him this question, hey, does it, when you go back to Shaw, does it, does it, is, it is it different? Uh, but, you, you know, you've been at Winston-Salem State now four years, so maybe you don't you don't look at it that way. But is it, is it still one of those things whenever you go back uh, to coach at Benedict? You, you know, you, is it an excitement thing? Is it just another game? How do you feel when you have to go back to coach at Benedict? 
uh, where you coached for so many years and won five SIAC tournament championships? Yeah, I don't know the Cleo Hill situation, but for me, I'm also an alumni. So it's always going to be special to go back home and, uh, and play in front of your friends and family, school that you, 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 you know, coached for at so many years. So it's, it's not only different, it's special. I mean, it's a special moment. I, I always take it in, take a lot of pictures, a little, take, get a lot of photo ops. And just going back home with my, uh, with my, being able to coach in front of my friends and family uh, who, who watched me for so many years, coaching on that sideline and to see me come in as the opposing, it's a bittersweet moment. You know, you got people that diehard Benedict fans, and I am too, as long as they ain't playing us. <laughs> but um, it's <laughs> – it's just a bittersweet moment, but it's special. It's, it's, it's really special to me. It is, it is different. The preparation is no different, but just the feeling going back there, you know, um, it, it's special. But, you know, we prepared to beat them just like we prepared to beat anybody. And, and when we lose, we feel as, as happy and elated as we did against anybody. And when we lose, win, it's the same feeling. But um, just going back there and being able to coach against Benedict, my alma mater, in the place that employed me for so many years, and been great to me. I jumped out of my career, gave me the opportunity. I'm I'm not here without the folks at Benedict, so obviously it's gonna always be special to me. And I love going back there. Great fan base. Yep, Fred Watson, the head men's basketball coach at Miles, joins us here on Box to Row. He's in his fifth season, and the Golden Bears have won six straight games. So let's talk about that. You got the victory over Lemoyne Owen on Monday, seventy-two to seventy for the sixth straight win your thoughts on the way that your team is playing to this point um better we're playing better um we're kind of getting into a groove again defensively um right when we went through that three-game stretch we got hit we don't make many excuses um but we got hit with a about a the flu um and you know we had several guys battling the flu right after we played the Mohouse game and we just didn't wasn't able to practice leading up to that week, and once we finally got on the floor for Ever Waters, it was Friday the day before. Just did a walkthrough, and so, you know, we always talk about trying to win the game in practice, and we wasn't able to do that, and so and it ultimately showed in those games. Um, but we kind of getting back to where we were prior to that. We had some big wins over Kentucky Wesleyan, Montevallo before before we went into that little um, bad stretch. Well, we're getting back. You know, guys are getting their confidence again. We're getting the feel, getting back into the groove, and, and we're defending better. Um, so there's some things that we still got to clean up, but I like, the, I like what I see. I see the potential, and I know what we can become, and we just got to get there. We just got to stay the course. What kind of player? I'm looking at some of you. I've, I've looked at, I should say, some of your, you know, some of your, your, your uh, players and some of the numbers and so forth. Obviously, immediately jumping out to you, or to me at least, is Rodney Battle. I mean, the young man is averaging 16.9 points per game. He's got a positive assist to turnover uh, ratio. He leads you in assists, shooting well uh, from the field. Um, talk about him, what he's meant to this team, and then also some of the other young men that have been big for you this year. Yeah, we got a, a, just a good group, um, and Rodney Battle spearheads that group. He's the leader of that group. Um, you know, he, he's our scorer. He's our number one option. And so he can, you know, he can definitely put the ball in the basket, but he has a high basketball IQ and very unselfish. But the team itself uh, is a testament to the team because at any point, any of these guys can be averaging 16 points a game. You know, we got the returning all-conference. We got three stars returning from last year's team. So we got – we built for success on the offensive side, um, but he's just a special scorer. I mean, he's a pro-type scorer. I mean, he can score on all three levels with ease against anybody. Um, and so we feature him. I mean, and uh, and then he on the back end he delivers. So 
yeah, he's been playing special for us. Um, he's seen every defense that they they could possibly put on him, and uh, he's still been able to be um, be successful. So, you know, kudos to him, but kudos to the team from also allowing him to be who he is as a scorer. Who are some other guys that have stepped up for you this year? Uh, you name it, Mikael Carter from last year, Yasim Hooker, the All Conference returning, Truett Spencer, a starter from last year. Um, but um, you know, to speak on some of the new guys. Um, Makai Vasu has been great for us in, in stretches. Uh, Eddie Smith, who's starting to come on really well and, and, and scoring at a clip similar to Rodney Battle. I mean, those guys have just been putting in the work and getting better day by day. And, um, and they're starting to show, and we're starting to groove, and we're starting to play better defensively. And so when that offense starts to click and our defense is, is locked in, then we can be dangerous. Fred Watson, the head men's basketball coach, at Miles joins us here on the program. How are you able to battle or, or balance that is both being the director of athletics at Miles and the head men's basketball coach? Uh, you just got to you just got to be well organized for one. You 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 can't do both without being well organized, and you definitely can't do both without good people around you. And so I have both. You know, I'm, I'm pretty organized. I organize my day out pretty quickly. Um, and then I got good people around me where I'm never neglecting any sport. That's that's the one thing that I try to be mindful of. Where I'm not neglecting one sport for my sport. Um, and so, you know, I think I'm a good manager of people, processes, and systems, and and I'm organized in those in those um, areas. And then and we just get it done with a lot of good people around me. My you know my my staff is you know is my backbone. Is Palmer, Vincent Robinson. Like those guys on the administrative side keep me keep me strong, keep me you know informed. Deborah Rogers, they keep me informed. Um, but on in the basketball side, you know, I got one of the top staffs there is. Um, you know, they've been grinding me for a long time. So, you know, I'm comfortable. I delegate well. You know, I trust. I empower, uh, and then we get it done. Four hundred and one wins in his career for Fred Watson. He is the head men's basketball coach at Miles as he joins us here on. Box to row the Golden Bears. Next game going to be on Monday at home hosting Kentucky State. Coach Watson, you know, and it's interesting. We've been doing this like Coach Poor, right? We've been doing this, what? Uh, show's been on the air 17 years. We've been doing this, what, 15 yeah. of those years? 15. Uh, yeah. yeah so, our, yes, sir. So, I really appreciate the time. Always appreciate you coming on Box to Row with us. Again, congratulations on 400-plus wins and continued success to you and the Golden Bears. Well, we appreciate it, man. And I love the platform. You know, I, I push everybody that I know to the platform. Um, um, it, it's, it's great for coaches that look like me. The platform it helps us. It gets our message out, and so I definitely appreciate you reach, um, appreciate you reaching out anytime. Um, a, a school that's similar to mine has success because we're not getting those cameras and those media people in front of our face. So we appreciate you in this platform. Appreciate the kind words from Fred Watson, the head men's basketball coach at Miles, joining us on the program. He's got Miles in good position and as mentioned I mean he and I go back Fred Watson and I go back you know 15 years or so with him coming on as a guest on the program all the way back to his days as head coach having success there and also now with Miles up next here on the program the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T Vincent Brown 
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I always say representation is it's not a request. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for Black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the Granite State of them all. And, and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for him. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to encouraging people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up in fam just because i wanted to major in business and fam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do nba all-star chris paul that was great to bring it back to one salem state university uh black college something that my city had never seen before may never see again and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing a Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a player for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, just hired as North Carolina A&T, new head football coach at a press conference on Monday. He's a grad of Mississippi Valley State, a former three-time All-Pro in the National Football League with the New England Patriots, has had many stops in his coaching career, including lastly the last four seasons at William & Mary as the associate head coach. Welcome the new head football coach, North Carolina A&T, Vincent Brown, to the program. Coach Brown, Happy New Year. Congratulations and welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. What has it been like? Like you get introduced on Monday. We're towards the end of the week now. Uh, What have these last, you know, four, five, six days been like for you? They have been uh, awesome. They've been very busy. But it's been a, a fantastic, fantastic experience, you know, getting in and meeting with the team, uh, setting up individual meetings with the players, meeting, you know, support staff and, and some of the folks on campus that are really integral in helping the program operate. So it's just been, it's been great. Yeah, what, what, what was the meeting like with the players? The very first meeting is, uh, hey, look, you know, we're, we're trying to be elite here. That's our goal as students in the community and on the football field. And, and then we talked about some of the things that being elite, what it requires. And, uh, and really, you know, to share with them my background and, and hopefully they understand that, you know, I sat in those same seats at another HBCU at some point. So, yeah, it's really kind of let's make, make sure we get to know each other, know the expectations. Did you think, I mean, you've had a myriad of experiences in the National Football League as an assistant coach, of course, a player in the National Football League as well. We'll talk more uh, about that. You've been on all the levels. You've been on the FCS level. You've been on the FBS level. Um, did you feel like one day an opportunity would come for you to be a head coach, and and obviously this was, in, in listening to your press conference, you felt like this was the right opportunity for you. Uh, I did, you know, for, for probably 10, 12, 14 years, you know, I was preparing myself, and I was doing all the things that 
you know, the experts said you needed to do to prepare yourself for that opportunity. And, uh, and it, you know, sometimes the timing wasn't right. The team didn't play well enough. The defense didn't play well enough. You know, all those things factor into, you know, the decision-making process. And I just felt like, you know, I've been fortunate to be at great schools my entire coaching career. And here's another great school that happens to be in the number one HBCU in the country that also happens to have a very passionate fan base that also is moving into the CAA and has a, a strong and really, uh, really kind of dedicated plan to how they're going to improve the facilities and support for the program to make this an elite program. And so I just felt like it was the right timing and right opportunity. No doubt. What are the, the recruiting class? I mean, what is that kind of uh, looking like? Have you had a chance to talk to those um, recruits kind of coming in? And then of course there's still, I mean, you, I mean, there, there's the, the new signing day, as I like to call it, which is in, you know, December, but then you have the traditional signing day, which is the first Wednesday in February. So what's that kind of looking like? You're looking to add more recruits. Um, we will, yeah, we, we will add, add more. Um, haven't had a chance to have uh, phone conversations with the kids that have already signed, but I, I've watched their tapes. And as a matter of fact, several of them we were recruiting at William & Mary also. They're really talented players. They are uh, top-notch CAA caliber players. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll get a chance to visit with them real soon once uh, – all the dust settles with the transitioning process, you know, in terms of the February signing date, it will be about filling specific needs. And I think with the transfer portal, there are some really good high school players out there that have not uh, found a home yet uh, because a lot of schools are recruiting primarily through the transfer portal. So we're going to do our homework. We've already started and we're, you know, we'll sign a few more kids. Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T. He joins us here on Box Throw. When you sort of look at the roster, and I don't know how, I mean, again, it's, you know, you it's all of those things, right? Like it's the, you know, it's the it's it's the administrative stuff. Like you got a lot of the administrative stuff. You had the, the press conference on Monday. You meet alumni. You To your point, you meet, you know, the staff, support staff, et cetera, et cetera. So you have, have you had a chance to really look at the roster and where some of the, the areas that you think where you need improvement? I have, and without getting into specifics, I think you're always trying to upgrade the talent level, but then there's some specific positional needs that you have to have based on numbers. You need a certain number of running backs to make it through the season. You need a certain number of defensive backs to make it through the season. You need a certain number of defensive and offensive linemen to make it through the season, not only in conference play, but in terms of preparing yourself in practice. So we're looking at all of those things and saying, well, how many of these guys do we have? Well, who left in the portal? Well, okay, if this guy was a dude, we need to go replace him with the dude. And so all of those things are coming into play. For you, how did this process, can you take us through, I mean, I, I saw the press conference before our, our listeners and our viewers, can you kind of take us through how this all came about? Seems like it came about rather quickly 
And then, of course, on Monday, you were named the head football coach at A&T. You know, for, from my standpoint, it seemed like it was fairly quickly. I think from start to finish, a couple of weeks, maybe. Um, but I think what gets lost in the process when you're coaching college football, and sometimes even on the professional level, people are always evaluating you. And so I think, you know, the work that we did the last four years, and in particular this season, and my career background kind of gave me the opportunity to get on the radar. And then when I had a chance to speak with um, athletic director Hilton and the search committee, and, you know, it just, it felt, it felt right. Right. It didn't feel forced. It felt like this is right. Yeah. And I think, did you, were there some other opportunities that you had? I mean, because, uh, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of success. I think a quarterfinal appearance with uh, with William and Mary. You again, you check. When I look at the resume, you check all the boxes, right? So, did you have some other opportunities? And A and T was the best fit. Was the best opportunity I, for you? I, I actually did. I, I had a, a couple of different opportunities. One at another HBCU, and one at a PWI, and you know, in a very, very academic league. And and I just you know. I said, I just didn't feel that either of those were the right fit for me and for my wife. You know, there's, it's not just me, it's me and my wife, you know, on this journey together. And, and we felt like if we were going to leave what was a really, really great environment in Williamsburg and working for Mike London and the way the staff was organized, that it would take something special. And uh, North Carolina a was, was special. Benson Brown of North Carolina A&T, the new head football coach, that is. He joins us here on the program. You're a Mississippi Valley State guy, great player. Uh, the un- the Undertaker, right? That, 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 that was your, your, your nickname, and, and, and of course, in, in the National Football League, and I want to talk a little bit more about, you with, uh, about that with you. Sam Washington, also a previous head coach at A&T, also a Mississippi Valley State guy. I, I would imagine maybe there was some overlap with you two guys there at Mississippi Valley State with him being the previous head coach at a and did you, did you all speak? Did you have a chance to speak with him? I have not had a chance to speak with Coach Washington yet. Uh, obviously, we have a shared background with MBSU, and, and, I, and, I, and I said this in my press conference that the one thing that I learned from my coaches there, uh, Coach Cooley and Coach Johnny Thomas and Mario Kirksey, is that how to become – mentally and physically tough. And that's carried me throughout my career. And and one of the things that I've seen from the kids in this program so far, I know that they're physically tough. The things that we need to improve on is eliminating the mental mistakes and those things that cause you to lose. And so, you know, the background at Valley was, was something special to me. And, and I told the kids, day one in our meeting, you should leave here saying the best years of my life were spent at North Carolina A&T. I met my best friends. You know, I met the, met the best man at my wedding. I met my wife, whatever. Like, these should be lifelong uh, memories and experiences. We're seeing uh, what I would call a renaissance in HBCU football. I mean, when you played, 
you know, some of the better players were still going uh, to HBCUs, maybe not as many as prior, you know, 20 years prior to you playing, but some of the best players were still playing. To me, we're seeing sort of a renaissance in HBCU football. Is is that, do, do you see it? Do you sort of see it that way? I, I do. I think, um, and it, it, you can't deny it when Coach Prime went to Jackson State, it put a spotlight on HBCU football. And, and I think people now understand the value of what these institutions bring to the community and to the country as a whole. And then, oh, wow, man, these guys actually play really, really good football, like top-notch football. And so I think there's just an awareness that you don't have to go to the 40,000 enrollment school, PWI, to get a world-class education and a great academic and uh, sports experience. Again, Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at A&T, joins us here on the program. It's interesting you mentioned Jackson State shortly thereafter when North Carolina Central beat Jackson State uh, in Atlanta for the HBCU National Championship. You know, I, I wrote a piece about the lack of HBCU coaches on the FBS level. Now, you hadn't been a head coach. This is your first head coaching job, but you've been at FBS uh, programs. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got Willie Jeffries, uh, who coached, of course, at Wichita State, the first HBCU grad to coach at an FBS institution. The only other is Charles Huff, who's currently at Marshall. So you have two HBCU grads ever in the 150-plus years of college football that have ever coached at the FBS level. Do you think that there's a stigma attached uh, with HBCU coaches, whether HBCU grad or H- or uh, coaches that have coached at HBCUs that are preventing HBCU coaches from being head coaches at the FBS level? I, I think absolutely for an awfully long time, there was a stigma that the level of teaching, the level of knowledge of the game, the level of being able to communicate, the level of being able to go into different environments and raise money and whatnot was not there at the HBCUs. But we all know that's not true. It's not accurate. It's a false narrative. And I think now as we've gone through some of these social injustice uh, issues that have occurred over the last several years, that race has still, it's been in the forefront, but it is, you know, it's starting to be less and less of a factor when people see that you're qualified and capable of doing things. Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T, joining us on the program. We've got more with Vincent Brown on the other side. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. 
the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-932-5517. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on the program, picking up on the conversation that we were having right before the break. So what do you tell a kid, uh, you know, recruiting-wise? And can, can you kind of speak to the re- your recruiting philosophy, uh, if you will? Uh, you know, and you talked about it. Hey, a and the largest HBCU. I think a lot of what you're talking about with a and in its move because some people will say, well, in three years, you're in the MEAC, you're in the Big South, and then you're in the CAA. Uh, a lot of it has to do with academics. So sort of what is your pitch to a potential recruit about um, A&T and speak sort of to your recruiting philosophy? Yeah, our, our recruiting philosophy is all about developing the young men in our program, like your intellectual development, your social development, your physical development, and your skill development. And we have the resources, we have the technical expertise, we have the people in place to help you reach whatever you want to become. We have it right here at North Carolina NT. You're going to be playing in one of the most competitive conferences in FCS football. Scouts are going to be rolling through here all the time. They're going to be watching your performance. So now you have a chance to play in one of the most competitive environments and be around a nurturing, loving, caring environment with people that understand what it is to be an HBCU grad, what it is to be a member of the HBCU community. Couple of more thoughts, Vincent oh, Brown. Uh, excuse me, couple of more thoughts, Vincent Brown, the head football coach at North Carolina A&T. We see CAA teams ranked uh, in the top 25 FCS the, the entire season. It's like seven, eight, nine teams, you know, something like that. You guys at William & Mary finished in the quarterfinals. How tough really is the CAA? It's a very, very competitive conference. It is, it is a conference that has allocated resources to being successful. And, and, and you know, everything isn't about financial resources. But when you structure things to be competitive in the classroom and on the field, it shows. And and I think most of the teams, uh, most of the schools in that conference have demonstrated that they're willing to allocate the resources and bring in the right people to help them consistently be relevant on the national landscape. And then Mike London, can you speak? Sorry, can you speak to Mike London, who he means to you? You all had success at Howard. I mean, you know, I, I guess you were there the year um, that Howard beat uh, UNLV, was just kind of rolling, kind of turned it around, and and now, of course, at uh, uh, at Richmond National Championship at Richmond. I mean, I'd be remiss not to mention that in 2008, and of course, the success we had at, Will, at William and Mary. Just what has Mike London meant to you? I love Mike London. Mike London is 
a big brother. He's a mentor. He's a friend. I love Mike. I love his family. He's been a tremendous blessing to me in my life. He's shown me a different way of interacting with the players and others that it's not all about football. It's all about the relationships that you build, which will enhance your football experience to the players, to the recruits and their families and to the faculty, staff and alumni. And uh, I couldn't be more appreciative of him and the things that he's meant to me and my family. Um, it's, it's just been a tremendous blessing. We've had great success together, winning a national championship, you know, largest point spread upset in college football history, you know, winning uh, the most wins in a regular season and William and Mary's 130 plus year history. So there's a lot there. And, uh, and although we're in the same conference now, you know, I will still lean on him for um, advice and, uh, and all of those things. Sort of, right? Sort of. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> Except when we play each other. Right. <laughs> um, your days at um, at Valley, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I believe you played uh, you played with Jerry Rice, I think, right, at, at Valley, right? Um, I, so, yeah. So what do you remember about those? I mean, just that was just great times. And I think to your, I mean, as we're talking about the renaissance of HBCU football, the great times. I don't want to say they're coming back, not that they ever left, but it's just more awareness, I would say. So what do you remember about those days at Valley and in the swag? Oh, it was it was phenomenal. When I was recruited to Valley, the coach that was recruiting me came to Atlanta and he's like, man, you got to come. We got this guy there. He can catch a BB in the dark. He's that good. <laughs> Talking about Jerry. And then, you know, you can't say Jerry without – Willie Satellite Totten. Satellite was throwing the ball all over the place and at one point probably held 30, 40 different NCAA passing records. And so it was just a great experience. Coach Archie Cooley was phenomenal. It was hard. It was very hard, but you developed some toughness that uh, I, I truly believe has carried me throughout most of my coaching career. And it was just awesome. And then the days with the, the uh, New England Patriots, what do you remember about those days? Yeah, I remember going through some very turbulent times my first few years in the league. You know, I came in in 1988. We went 9-7. and seven. We had a chance to go to the playoffs. We lose the game at Denver, uh, missed the playoffs, and then 89-90-91-92-93 were not very good years. But I made some great friends, you know, Bruce Armstrong, who I actually met on a recruiting trip to Louisville when we were high school seniors. Ben Coates, you know, we're still great friends. Ben, ben Coates is a HBCU legend from Livingstone. So a lot of great memories uh, and great friendships for him there. Coach Brown, uh, Ben Coates should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And should uh, Bruce Armstrong should be also. Uh, Bill Parcells, you played for him. I mean, and, and then I guess was your initial uh, job with the Cowboys also under his under him? Absolutely, yeah. Coach Parcells really gave me my entry into coaching outside of the high school ranks because he allowed me to intern uh, one summer with them in 2005, 
And then the very next year, he hired hired me to coach the inside linebackers. And through the relationships of, you know, being with him and that staff and organization, it really helped carry my career uh, from that point forward. Last thought. And listen, I'm just asking if you if you don't want to answer, it's fine. I, I was reading where you where abruptly maybe the, you maybe still had some playing days left in New England. Then you you weren't playing. What what happened there? Yeah, I mean, in the back of my mind, I thought I had playing days left, but you know, the NFL is a very it's a it's a ruthless business, and it is a business. And, you know, make no mistake about it. And, you know, I finished my final season leading the team in tackles and, you know, second in sacks and interceptions. And, you know, and every fiber of me thought I was going to go back and play. But I played that last season in chronic pain. I had uh, issues with both knees. And I thought they would be able to surgically go in and correct that. And, uh, and it just never materialized. So. Understood. Well, thank you for that. Vincent Brown, again, the new head football coach at North Carolina a joins us here on Box to Row, introduced on Monday, and we got him on a couple of days later, so we appreciate the time, Coach Brown. Looking forward to working with you, and uh, success to you and the Aggies. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Your reaction to anything Vincent Brown had to say, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on our Facebook page, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. I'm interested in hearing from you and specifically Aggie fans. What do you all think about the hire as uh, Vincent Brown as the new head football coach of a and It's a team that went five and six on last year, loses. Uh, Basil Tootin, the running back, goes to Boston College. Now phenomenal, phenomenal running back. A couple of other players as well. Uh, what do you think? And, I mean, I think he checks all of the bo- – well, the only box he does does not check is previous head football coach, but that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, because he, he doesn't have a track record, right, from that vantage point. But national champion, right, Richmond, 2008, he was part of that staff. The last four years, the associate head coach there at uh, – uh, uh, William and Mary, who went to the quarterfinals. He's been at UConn on the FBS level. He's been at Virginia on the uh, Power Five level. He's uh, uh, been at a couple of, he's been at Howard. He's an HBCU grad. He's been at the National Football League level. So I think he checks all of the boxes except for previous experience as a head football coach. And this is the thing I would say. Um, listen, uh Listen, I trust Earl Hilton. He's the director of athletics. You look at all of his hires. He's been, he got the interim tag. I think, what was that, 2011? I want to say he may have been the one, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember. He may have been the one to hire Rod Broadway, even bringing Sam Washington on. Maybe not the greatest of seasons this year, but won a couple of HBCU national championships. You can say what you want. You can look at the program as a whole. Uh, look at the hire of Cy Alexander as the head men's basketball coach. That was one of his first hires, if not his first major hire. A&T won the MEAC championship. Look at Dwayne Wa- uh, Ross as, as the track and field head coach and the success that track and field had. So whatever you think, 
and we don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think it's a good hire. I, Me personally, I trust the track record of Earl Hilton as the director of athletics in terms of his hires over the years and what those have brought to ANT. Listen, I got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Thank you to Fred Watson, head men's basketball coach at Miles, for joining us on the program, as well as Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at North Carolina ANT, for joining us on the program. Great information, great content can be found on our YouTube page, the Box to Row YouTube page, as well as on our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.